0: hello it is tuesday december 10th 2019 and i think it's going to be the greatest tuesday in the history of tuesdays We got a good show for you today a lot of shit was talked about the nfl weekend college football playoffs you name it got a chance to go to an sec game saw adults barking it was a colt down there they say sec it just means more i learned that this weekend was my first SEC game. It was fucking wild. I dive deep into that. We talk about a lot of things. I'm currently watching Eli Manning go absolutely ham in what he's calling potentially his last football game of all time. Peyton Manning and the family are up in the suites watching him. This is kind of like a pretty cool moment. Peyton said he didn't want to take the Monday Night Football job because he didn't want to have to critique his brother. Well, this is the exact game he's talking about. And instead, Peyton and the entire team are up in a suite watching along and I think it's actually a pretty beautiful thing. Giants plus eight and a half. I hammered it. I hope Eli goes hard as a Manning motherfucker. Ham two Ms. Saquon Barkley has the biggest quads I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I mean, th- there was a post by ESP. I don't know how his knees can hold up his quads I don't know why they stink. It doesn't make any sense to me. Same with the Eagles. they got a lot of talent, and these teams are just, they're tough to watch. I mean, this is, the NFC East is tough to watch play, f- tackle football. But here we are Monday Night Football. Um, This show is brought to you by the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth and <clears throat> oh, wow. the, moon. the moon. Uh The moon, Sam. Balls. Uh- If you're going to buy tickets to a live event, whether it's sports, music, comedy, theater, you name it, right here on Earth or on the moon, you need to use Seeky because they scan all the other ticket-buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best value for the ticket that you're buying. And you're not going to get catfished either. The ticket that you buy is the ticket that you get. All right? Eli just had a fumble, and the Manning family was distraught. Saquon recovered it, though, so it kind of distracted me there a little bit. I kind of wish I was at this game. We're watching maybe the end of an era here, the Manning era in the NFL, until that the son of uh, Cooper comes in. I guess he's really good. But this could be the end of the Manning era here. Um, Good family, by the way. Good family. Nothing but nice to me. I don't know how they are to other people. They're very nice to me. Anyways... Promo code PAT, you get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order. Holy shit, I know. The holiday's right around the corner. Give the gift of a live event to somebody. Say, hey, you know what? Let's go to a show. We're live, but are we living? Let's go live and experience something live. Here's a ticket to something you always wanted. And right now, promo code PAT, $10 off. Promo code McAfee, $20 off. Let's have a little self-awareness. If we're rich Already, let's use promo code Pat and use ten dollars off. If we're not rich yet, promo code Mac for twenty dollars off. Okay, we need them both. To get going for business, and let's. Speaking of business, let's get right to it. Being joined now by uh, all American, all Pro, all Mammal, ladies and gentlemen, Freak Athlete, LeVar Arrington.
1: Yo, no. what's up, dude? What's it, bro? I think your next life is uh, DJ. Man, move the crowd, bro.
0: Hey, you know what? I appreciate that. I thought about just getting like an actual DJ to put together an entire set list for me, putting a big box on my head and touring the country. I thought about that a few times.
1: I mean, I, you know, let me be your manager, Pat. I mean, I've, I've always said I wanted to be your representation, man. I, you know, no shame. No shame in doing it on your podcast. You know what I mean?
0: Hey, I want to let you know, I might be looking for new representation shortly. So, hey, I will keep you on the burner. Let's talk about representation, though. Dwayne Haskins is now the face of the Washington Redskins. They are living Uh and dying with him. I assume the next coach that they hire is going to have to be one that can work with Dwayne Haskins. They played a Packers team that won ugly, but they looked like they were in that game. He could have quit, too, whenever his ankle got rolled up. What are you seeing out of Dwayne Haskins? Do you like what you see? And are the Redskins ever going to be good at football again?
1: Oh, there was a whole lot of questions in that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where to start. Uh, the, Dwayne Haskins, I like Dwayne Haskins since since college. Uh, I think if he has the the right guidance and the right leadership, uh, he can be a fine professional quarterback and and fine enough to to lead a team and lead lead the Washington Redskins. Uh, they 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 have seemed to play better. And the last couple weeks, I mean, obviously, um, since the departure of, of Gruden, uh, they they seem to to be trying um, or playing a little better than what they have been. So I, I was surprised that they were as competitive as they were against Green Bay. So credit them for continuing to to fight uh, along the way. Um, I don't know, will they ever win in Washington? That it, it doesn't look like. They have the structure to be able to win in such a competitive league. Um, it, it's always one of those things. You don't have to guess if a team can be competitive or not. Uh, it's one of those those uh, I guess interesting interesting categories where you can say uh, you get you get to see the the results the results the market speaks every weekend mm. and know who those teams are.
0: Yeah, the NFC East looks like a a big old suck fest. But the NFC as a whole, there's a lot of teams that are very good. I mean, that Saints-49ers game yesterday was awesome. But the NFC, what's that?
1: It was really good.
0: Yeah, defense kind of disappeared. Does that happen every once in a while? Like, for instance, last week the Niners take on the Ravens in a heavyweight slugfest. I mean, they they stay in Florida, they go over to Superdome, and both those teams' defenses, I, I think we both expected a little bit more out of them, but instead it was the offenses, and especially that 49ers offense showed up when nobody thought they could. Should they be worried about the defense just having one bad day, and how happy should they be about the Niners offense showing up and showing out?
1: Well, those are – I mean, that's one of the best to do it, you know, coaching-wise and quarterback-wise, Breeze and, and, and Peyton uh, for, for the, uh, the New Orleans Saints. So, I, you know, every once in a while the team has your number. It's a matchup issue. You would say that coming into the game, if, if Drew Brees and Sean Payton can game plan you, it's going to be a matchup problem just because of the, the talent that they have and, and what they're capable of doing. Um, but then you got to look at the 49ers the same exact way. So the fact that it was a scoring scoring fest, I wouldn't look for that to be too often with the type of defense that San Francisco or the New Orleans Saints play. Okay. Uh, but I just think it was two top teams that were playing really well, and they got into rhythms, and, and yeah, sometimes it's just going to be shootouts.
0: That was uh, I mean, the NFC playoff – Is going to be so much fun to watch. I mean, you look at the Rams all of a sudden playing good football. The Seattle Seahawks get a loss last night, but then the Packers are winning ugly. I don't know if even their fans are that confident. The Vikings are hot. Obviously, the Niners, I mean, and the the Saints. I mean, the NFC looks like it's something to be very much desired aside from the NFC East whenever it comes to playoff football.
1: I mean, I think it's going to be a fun playoff. I mean, I thought I thought the new uh, the New England game. I huh? I don't sleep on on the AFC. I, I think yeah. that this is going to be one of the most competitive uh, playoffs and and Super Bowls that we've seen in recent history. So, uh, whoever it is, it's it's going to be pretty pretty well played to get to to the Super Bowl this year, especially uh, in the NFC. So, I, I I like the Niners. I really do. I think the Niners are really showing. That they had the ability to to win the games. Uh, I know there's questions surrounding whether Garoppolo or or Shanahan can make the calls. Can Garoppolo make the throws, manage the games, make the plays? Um, I, I just I really like the way the Niners are playing, and and to be able to get that type of a win, um, man. I'm I'm looking at them as 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 the front runner, but like you said, there's so many teams. And NFC that are playing so well that, you know, there's no really, no way of telling who may be the hottest team hitting the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I think that Niners offense answered a lot of questions yesterday. I mean, granted, the defense didn't show up at the same time because John Payton and Drew Brees, but I think for me, I learned a lot more about that offense and had a lot more respect for that Niners team after what they did yesterday. I think everybody does. Let's pivot real quick to the AFC. You're a freak sure. athlete. I, I mean, by all accounts, one of the most athletic humans to ever do a professional sport. Lamar Jackson is making people look like amateurs. I don't know if I got a chance to ask you this the last time you were on. How would you defend Lamar Jackson, and is he stoppable other than maybe potentially stopping himself?
1: It's 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 difficult to figure out how to stop a running quarterback with the awareness that he has. It, it's like, okay, if, if he has one good attribute, like he can run really well – you can game plan to stop a, a quarterback that runs really well. If he can move a little bit and throw the ball, that's a little bit more difficult, all right? But when you have one who brings both to the table where they can read the field as a as a true pocket-passing quarterback but can also run away from you as a true running quarterback, I, I, I would have to say... This is one of those moments in time where, if he can, if he can continue on the trajectory that he's on, he's one of those those evolutionary, revolutionary no. type of players where you're going to actually have to try to figure out how you can get guys who are fast enough to to play the run and fast enough to, to play the pass, but strong enough uh, to tackle and and do. So basically, it might become. Like a nickel and dime league, you know, when you're playing against these type of teams, which may usher back in the running back and their importance because it's difficult for for secondary people to be able to tackle true running backs. So he may he may change the entire you know format of how you try to play defense because his IQ is high enough where and his timing, like like that little foot pass that he did for mm. touchdown, yeah. Say, there's no way, like, let's game plan for him getting you into a matchup with the tight end and him. And let me, oh, let me flick it at the last second and get it to, it's, it's almost, you know, he, everybody refers to it as he's playing basketball. They're playing basketball on the football field. Kind of hard.
0: You know what I loved about him? LeVar, and I think you would love him about this too. Him trolling that 49ers color commentator by wearing the white long sleeves with the white gloves, one of my favorite things I've seen on a football field.
1: I noticed that it was very subtle. Uh, I thought it was, it was pretty cool. Um and and there was no answer for him with his white uh his long sleeve shirt on and his white gloves. So um seeing was believing I guess would would be the theme of, of yesterday's game.
0: So to you old whites, let's make it clear that if Lamar Jackson was a Caucasian quarterback, he'd still be able to do everything. That uh, he's currently doing. That is, (laughs) I don't know if people need to hear that or see that, but I'm happy one particular color commentator did need to see that, and Lamar proved that. Um, This this offense,
1: a color commentator, huh? (laughs) 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 Color
0: commentator, huh? Uh, I don't know how those humans still exist. By the way, they make all whites look bad. By the way, that guy made all whites look bad, and and that's just it's. It happens on a regular occasion, and I'm done with it. I'm through with it. All right. Um, Got a couple minutes left here, LeVar. I enjoy speaking to you. I think you do good every time you're on TV on Fox. I want to talk to you about a guy that isn't doing that good right now. Uh Talk. Tom Brady, man. I mean, Tom Brady in that Patriots offense. Last night, if it wasn't for Alberto Riveron in the game, I think the Patriots possibly win that game. And last week against the Texans, it was a one-score game still. They've played dreadful on the offensive side of the ball, and they're still in it. Is there any hope that the Patriots are going to do anything this year, or is this it? Is this finally the time that this dynasty comes
1: crashing, down? I don't think so, man. I I mean, they're they're a bad call away from winning the game. I agree. The kid doesn't go out of bounds. He gets the touchdown. They call him out of bounds. They can't challenge it. I just think some of these challenge rules and some of these things that take place uh, are ridiculous for the game. I mean, that, that the New England Patriots have got to be the most maligned, best team that, that we see in, in the league right now. I mean, they're, what, number two right now to Baltimore? Yeah, and we're talking about the dynasty is over, you know, and, and how and, and I listen, I heard Rodney Harrison and his commentary last night about trick plays and this, that and the other. And it's it's a bad sign and this and that. When I watched Tom Brady, I really didn't think he looked horrible. To be honest, I thought he made some really fine throws. I thought that they made some timely plays and and their defense can make plays. I mean, at one moment in time, it was like, OK, here we go with the new England Patriots. And then you're looking at, you know, you got to think about how fine of a team that is that they were playing as well. Um, so that's a, that's a potential, you know, AFC championship round game or something to that effect. So uh, to see them basically come up short in a game where it, it's not hypothetical to say they had that game won. So, I don't I don't think it's the end or the conclusion. I think there's definitely some struggling going on there, whether it be from person to person, whether it be the offensive game plan, whether it be a lack of weapons for Tom Brady. But I still look at the New England Patriots as they're still the New England Patriots until somebody proves otherwise.
0: I agree. They're going to have to go on the road, though, because Baltimore is about to have home field advantage, and Baltimore is not an easy place to play. I don't think that gets talked about a lot.
1: Uh, I I wouldn't disagree with you, but in the playoffs, I just have not seen anyone game plan and prepare for the playoffs the way that the New England Patriots have. But with that being said, you know there's got to be at some point there's got to be fatigue. I mean they're they're there every single year. They have the least amount of rest of any other team. In the National Football League, there has to be mental, emotional, physical fatigue at some point with Belichick and Brady and some of these other guys that are on that team. And that's why I
0: think it seems like they've been immortal because they've been immune to that for so long. That's why it's so, like, you make the Super Bowl, everybody's like, oh, it's impossible to make it back because of the emotional pressure. They've been doing it for 20 years, this team. And that's yeah. why whenever you see them struggle this late into December, everybody's like, oh, oh, is this it? And I can't bet against them. I, I, I dread the day where I'm going to have to say, like, I think they're going to lose because you are going to get buried on the Internet because they've been so good for so long and Belichick can pull it off. But I don't know. They haven't looked great, LeVar. Unlike you, every time you're on television, on Fox every time you join us. I can't thank you enough my brother.
1: Appreciate you Pat. Ladies and gentlemen
0: all mammal, all American all pro, all everything LeVar Arrington. Thank you LeVar Alright bro Adam Vinatieri breaking news has been moved to injured reserve with a nagging knee injury that will require knee surgery. A lot of people are hinting that this is the end of the road for the old man and if it is I think it's time to go ahead and take a trip down memory lane. This man came out of South Dakota State, was a jackrabbit. Nobody wanted him. Went over to Virginia, trained a little bit, got sent overseas to the NFL Europe World League, whatever the hell it was. (laughs) Kick for the Amsterdam Admirals, came back, took a job from a bar at New England Patriots under Parcells. He went on to become the all-time leading scorer at the time for the Patriots, scored 1,000 points with them, won a couple Super Bowls, had some of the biggest moments In NFL history as a Patriot. Then, as a free agent, he joins the Indianapolis Colts, wins the Super Bowl that year. The man just collected Super Bowl rings throughout his 20-plus year career. At some point, his body was going to catch up with him. This offseason, going into training camp, his knee was hurting. He took some time off. Then he came in, had a little bit of a shaky year, made some kicks, missed some kicks, made some kicks, missed some kicks. Everybody was on him. You're too old. You're too this. You're too that. All he did was keep showing up to work and kicking the ball. A lot of rumors were spread that he was going to retire midseason. Adam Vinatieri, one of the most competitive humans of all time, there was no way he was just going to quit after having a couple bad games. He said, what type of message would that send to my kids if I just quit whenever there was one little glimpse of negativity? Because for a long time here, Vinny has been immortal. This man who has played a position that is pressure-packed. This man has played a position that requires a lot of explosion. To make it into your 40s is something that's impressive that not a lot have done. He made the NFL all-time team congratulations to him he deserves it he stepped up in big situations and now going on IR a lot of people are talking about it being the end of the road and if that's the case Mr. Adam Vinatieri it was an honor to hold your balls my friend it was an absolute honor and if he decides to come back which I am not ruling out by the Mm -hmm. way just just so everybody understands Adam Vinatieri is the most competitive human being I have ever met in my entire life if you're playing a game of chess with him and I don't know the rules of chess, but let's say you're like close to winning or whatever. You're like, as soon as you get the word check before made out, he'll flip the board and say, <laughs> I didn't see it. I didn't see it happen. If you're going to play checkers and something's going on, he, he, he is the most competitive human I've ever been around. That's why he works out so hard. That's why he still trains so hard. That's why he's still in the NFL. I'm not sure what he's going to do. I think he's going to be conflicted. I have not talked to him because I do have a very large mouth with no filter and a lot of microphones, so I don't want him to give me any information because I don't want to be the one that releases it. Although I think I should have been the one that broke that he was going on IR. Mm-hmm. I think I've done a lot for the Colts. Yeah, Them not telling me directly, eh. Interesting. Why I turn on him? We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see how I feel after this show. It's just happening now. I'm not happy I didn't get told this before anything else. I think this weekend with Chase McLaughlin was potentially a moment where they're like, hey, let's see if we can find a guy that's almost halfway worth a damn. Chase McLaughlin proved that. He missed a kick late, by the way. Missed a kick late. That is not good news. But he hit a 50-yarder, did some other things, looked like he hits a good ball. I don't think he's anywhere near the same guy as Adam Vinatieri is, but there's nobody like Adam Vinatieri. That's why he's the greatest of all time. Going on IR, hopefully he gets that knee healthy. We'll be excited to see what he does in the future. But if this is it, it was an honor to watch him kick balls. It was an honor to hold your balls, my friend. And I hope you have nothing but a beautiful life ahead of you with that gorgeous family of yours. And if he comes back, hey, man. I hope you break more records. I don't know how many more there are to break, but I hope you do.
2: In a situation like that, does he know probably like the whole year, like, hey, I I need surgery? And it's more a testament to his competitiveness that like the trainers are like, Hey, you're just you're kinda hurting yourself. We need to we need to shelve you.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I would assume if he was younger, this is something that they all would agree, like, hey, we're gonna get surgery after the season. Mm -hmm. But now as you're older, this is just what happens. Now in in the grand scheme of life, is he an old man? No, no, no. But in football, he is an old man, right? The old man old just an old ass man in the game of football so your body doesn't recover as fast this is mm-hmm. just things that happen so the nagging injury I would assume could have affected a lot of things this year that wasn't talked about you never heard him make any excuses by the way which good on him mm-hmm. for doing that Yep. In in, I would assume that he's going to get surgery that if he was a little bit younger, maybe it would have been at the end of the season. But, yeah, this is something that obviously he had to do a lot of rehab for. This is something that really affected him, I would assume. And he did not have his best year. I'll be excited to see what he does. I don't want to find out because uh, I won't be able to hold back. Because you're talking about one of the greatest football players of all time. In a, in a sport that revolves around scoring, if you score the most points, how's it going? Best of all time. Tough to argue. Anyways, uh, moving forward. Speaking of greatest of all time. Boy, these Patriots. Hey. I dread the day that it's going to happen, too. I hammered the Chiefs' money line last night. Hammered it. Because I was getting good odds. And also because it felt like the Chiefs had too many weapons. Mm -hmm. The defense had been carrying that Patriots team. We've all seen it. This is nothing crazy that I'm saying right now. The special teams have been doing incredible. They got a block kick, but they blocked one themselves as well. And last night was very much more of the same. I think the defense played well against that Chiefs team. A lot of people are talking about, oh, the Chiefs de- or the, the Patriots' defense is going down. It's like, ah. that Chiefs' offense, whenever it's humming, when you got Travis Kelsey going and Tyreek Hill getting in the mix, I mean, that's LaShawn McCoy getting the ball. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, feels like his knee is better. When that offense is going, it's hard to stop by anybody. You just have to put up points with them, you have to keep up with them especially if you get a couple turnovers and things like that, which aren't normal. Travis Kelsey loses the ball. The refs blow it for them. Nikhil Harry definitely inbounds. The refs blow it for him. Pass interference inside the 10. The refs blow it for them. <laughs> I mean, that game was one that the Patriots, if Alberto Riveron gang, gets it anywhere near accurate, the, the Patriots probably win that game. Yeah. And we're sitting here today saying, Bill Belichick. Somehow, someway is winning with one of the most inept offenses we've ever seen, not only in in Patriots history, it's obviously that, but in winning football history. I don't think I've ever seen a team that is and 10-3 look so bad in the phase of the game that revolves around the scoring part of everything, which is the offense. They look bad. They get rid of Demarius Thomas twice. They cut him, then trade him away for a seventh-round pick. They get rid of Josh Gordon. They put him on They choose to put him on IR to get him out of the building. They don't even cut him. Put him on IR. He's not making plays for Seahawks last night. Not as many that we thought he would have, but he's still making some plays. They get rid of Antonio Brown. Obviously, terrible allegations come out. Antonio Brown kind of called it upon us. They get rid of all these people, and you go, you know what? Bill Belichick will figure it out. That's what Bill Belichick does. That offense, though, without the trick plays, there's no movement. Exactly, Marcus Spears this morning, old Swagoo, who I'm a big fan of, he said in the production meeting, he said, it's hard for the Patriots to get a yard right now. He said it's hard to get a yard, let alone points. The run game isn't really popping off, and whenever he's thrown – That Jacoby Myers guy, he cannot catch a football. (laughs) That is a tough thing to do whenever you're a wide receiver. Now granted, that might change. It maybe just has a little bit of the jitters. Nikhil Harry is turning to be a good player for them. But aside from Julian Edelman, there's really nothing. There's nothing happening for them. A couple trick plays, you get it moving. But on the offensive side of the ball, they have not done jack diddly squat. And this is the time of year where even to Bill Belichick's mind, this is when they're supposed to be playing real football. Mm-hmm. After Thanksgiving, that's when real f- real football. Calvin mm-hmm. told us that. Mm-hmm. We're two weeks past Thanksgiving now, and that offense is nowhere near looking like it's one that could do damage in the playoffs. But even with all of that, they still could have won that game. Just like last week against the Texans, who ran into a buzzsaw on Drew Locke this week. Even against the Texans, there's still a one-score game, and they were completely inept on the offensive side of the ball. And there's going to come a time where I'm gonna have to publicly say, Patriots are done. Patriots dynasty's over. But that day is not today, strictly because I think the overall score against teams that I was on against this Patriots team is like 700 to 10, maybe. <laughs> We've lost a lot of games. They used to hang 50 on us, 45 on us. Those days seem to be long gone, though. If they can't figure out that offensive side of the ball, even with how great the defense is and how great the special teams have been it's going to be tough to win in the playoffs whenever you're playing against teams that can move the rock and score. And I think Baltimore's only proving that they can win in any fashion that you need them to win. It's going to be tough for the Patriots to get going, even though they're 10-3 and 3 and still should have won that game if it wasn't for, hey, Booger's a bad ref. That guy is a bad I'm surprised he didn't get promoted to Alberto Riveron's position, to be honest with you, the way things work. I mean, it was just, they could have won that game. And they're terrible right now on offense.
2: And I think Marcus Spears made a good point this morning, too. He said... It doesn't matter how good your defense is if they're on the field for, like, 70 plays a game. Like, over the course of a season, that's going to wear you down. And if your offense can't sustain drives at all, like, at what point do you do you have to kind of, like, take some of that onus on yourself? It's like we can't rely on the defense to win every single game in the playoffs. You can't. It just, it's not going to happen.
0: Now, any given Sunday, the inch in front of your face and the mm-hmm. inch behind you is all that matters, blah, 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 <laughs> all that stuff. The guy that played Jimmy Hoffa said that. Mm-hmm. But, is that accurate? Yeah. yeah. That's a good movie reference there. (laughs) I just don't think with that offense they're going to be able to do anything. And it's sad because, man, this dynasty has been an awesome one to watch. And I think at the end of the day – It's going to be arrogance that bites him in the butt. Get rid of Demarius Thomas. Get rid of Josh Gordon. Don't need him. Don't need him. Turns out you need something. Tom Brady, a guy that I have said on numerous occasions, I didn't think sweat. I didn't think he ever felt bad. I always thought he was like this guy that just hops out of the clouds with a halo on him. He's handsome, more wealthy, more athletic, more successful than I am. He seems even like distraught, I think. He seems distraught. We got to play better. I need you to be faster, quicker, more explosive. (laughs) We got to play better. Even after wins in the years past, he was very calm, cool, and collected. Massive wins. They get huge wins. He'd go into that press conference, just cool as the other side of the pillow. Which, by the way, I don't know how that is a quote. Cool is the other side of the pillow.
2: Me neither. I've never really understood it. Stuart Scott, I think. Was the one well, dude. rest in peace, yeah, Stuart Scott. Crazy, I yeah.
0: love him a lot. Mm-hmm. I love Stuart Scott. But for me, I abuse pillows in bed. I mean, I flip them around, oh, yeah. punch them. Oh, yeah. I, I think maybe I'm an aggressive sleeper because once the pillow gets flat because I have a massive head, I flip that thing around. And it's normally hot because I flipped it around two minutes before. So I never understood that quote. Maybe it's just me. I don't understand. But he did always seem smooth as the other side of a, a standard sleeper's pillow. Mm-hmm. Now, even after losses, we're onto this, we're onto that. Normally, it's how Belichick said. Tom Brady, same way. Now they seem both like, yeah, man, we stink on offense. What do you want from us? We can't do anything. We're drawing up these trick plays. We ran tempo at the beginning. They didn't know. They ran tempo like a college football team at the beginning of that game last night, just to spur something. Scored, then they kind of slowed down. Then they're running double passes. They're running this, they're running that. They're trying everything they possibly can to gain yards. And credit to that Chiefs defense, by the way. Yeah. That Chiefs defense five weeks ago, four weeks ago, was a laughingstock. Mm -hmm. People were going after them. Now they've really turned it around and got good. They got rid of Justin Houston still uh, as well, who's a great pass rusher. That defense with Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, they're getting going, and they just completely stumped the Patriots last night. And I just don't know how much or yesterday. I don't know how far they can go. And I'm not going to go out here and say that they're going to lose in the first round. I'm not going to say that. No, why would you? People are saying that. A lot of people are saying that. People are saying this dynasty's done. People are saying they're going to lose in the first round. People are saying Tom Brady's either going to retire or go somewhere else. People are saying a lot of things. I won't say it just yet, though, because this is still the Patriots we're talking about. This is still a team that if anybody else was the coach of this thing, they'd be 1-11. This is still a team that that defense is elite, that that special teams is impressive, and they still have Tom Brady playing quarterback. That blocked punt I thought was going to spark them into a comeback, by the way. That blocked punt happens where Colquitt has to eat one right up the gut, which I'm sure there's people blaming Colquitt for that because there's idiots out there talking. But that just they just blocked it right up the gut. They had Slater block one off the edge. They got him right up the gut. I thought that was going to turn the entire team around because that is something that can happen. In years past, by the way, something like that happens. The Patriots go on and bang, bang, bang. Patriots get a pick. Normally they go on to score, bang, bang. bang. They don't. It's just something different. It's weird, man. It's very weird. Belichick's hosting shows very well, by the way. Mm-hmm. Listen to him talking on that NFL hundred thing. You learn how big of a fan he is of the game. Him talking about Ed Reed and these players from the Bass. I mean, it's awesome to watch, but it just feels like this dynasty. One that has been our entire life, basically. Yeah. Our entire it doesn't matter what city you go to outside of the Northeast. What team do you hate? The Patriots. We hate the, the pa- Patriots. I assume in NBA cities back in the day it was the Bulls. I assume it was the Lakers for a long time, the Yankees. These teams that have been so good for so long, everybody hates them because people throw rocks at shiny things. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift said that. That was back when she was country, I think. (laughs) She's changed a bit. But it's real. Everybody hated the Patriots because of how long their dominance was. And it just feels like Rex Ryan has said it. Everybody said, it. there's nobody to fear anymore. You don't fear anybody on that offense anymore. If you're a defense, you're going in and you're like, okay, here we go. We're going to feast on the greatest of all time. And it's been happening, but they've still been in games because of how good their coaching is. So you can't rule them out yet, but people are ruling them out.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, and it, like you said, years past too, Like they, they've basically relied on the idea that, hey, Brady's going to make everyone better. Everyone. Like, it doesn't matter who we have. And he's getting to the point in his career where were like, that's not the case anymore. Well, what are you saying? He doesn't have a clean pocket. They can't protect him. I mean, that's the biggest issue. If he yeah, can't throw
0: from his spot, he's screwed because he can't move around at all. I think he got to 17, 18 miles an hour, though, on that fourth down. He might have. He might have. He's He's been training in the backyard. We've seen him. Mm-hmm, yep. He's on a TB12 on the bands. It all paid off on that fourth down. I thought maybe that would even get him going because he was celebrating, Belichick was celebrating, mm-hmm. and he couldn't do it. But play a football. That's right. They're still going to be in. And I assume they're still going to do damage. Still wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. Would never. But the Baltimore Ravens get a home field advantage is massive. Yeah. Not having to go to Foxborough is huge. In Baltimore, that M&T Bank, I think it is. Mm-hmm. That place is not easy to play. I said this on GitHub. When the White Stripe Seven Nation Army gets going in there, those fans are relentless. They are ruthless. They are allowed in this particular year. They are very, very proud of all three phases they got going. Special teams, they got the best kicking unit in the game. Yep. Justin Tucker, Sam Cook, Morgan Cox—the Wolfpack, best kicking unit in the game. Plus, their coverage is great. They got good special teams coaches. That defense with Marcus Peters, oh, the savages! And they're chugging beers after breaking up passes. I love everything about it. That was that. awesome. And then on the offensive side of the ball, Greg Roman has a guy who can do no wrong. Bad calls are good calls with uh, Lamar Jackson. The tight ends dropped a couple balls early, by the way, which I referred to on get up. If those two if those two balls are caught early, they're up like fourteen in the first quarter. Yep. That game's over. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you could do. A lot of people said, Did you even watch the game saying they were gonna blow them out? If if Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens with that defense, that offense, that special teams gets up two scores early, it's over. Right. It is over. They're gonna Grind out. The, they're gonna ground and pound you for a six minute drive, seven minute drive. That Buffalo Bills team, much better than anybody gives them credit for. I mm-hmm. agree completely. But that Ravens team could have won very convincingly if they couple the early things, and they did win convincingly. I mean, they didn't cover, which a little bit of an, uh, a little bit of a what's going on, guys. <laughs> but I said on Get Up, give Lamar Jackson the MVP right now. Not only because he hit a five piece on a guy, made him fall over, tackle a ghost, strictly because he wore the white long sleeve with the white glove to troll an old white from the Niners. The color commentator has said, well, it's his, uh, his skin tone makes it a lot easier to yeah. do the play action. First of all, what buffoon yes. lets that slip out of his mouth? Like, What buffoon who is actually getting paid to commentate about football would use that as something, as an advantage? What idiot thinks that's an actual advantage? How, How old is that guy? 95 years old. <laughs> How does that guy have a job is the first thing. I assume if you say that, you say a lot of other dumb things in your life as yeah. well. But then for Lamar to acknowledge it, troll it, dominate, and then just keep it moving without saying a word, he's my MVP. Yeah, me too. Hey, hey that's my MVP. Give it to him now. Nah. Oh, well, you got three games left? hmm Cancel them. <laughs> Good convo. Off and running. Um, we interrupt all the magic that is currently happening on microphones to tell you that Omaha Stakes is trying to give away their whole fucking company. Omaha Steaks has been open since 1917, America's first butcher. The most tender and flavorful steaks in the world are coming from Omaha Steaks. And right now, just like every holiday season, they do a deal that makes me go, this Omaha Steaks company isn't going to last past this deal because they're giving away the company. Right now, you go to omahasteaks.com and you type America in the search bar and you can get the favorite gift package that everyone will love for only $69.99. You're like, Pat, what's going to cost me $69.99? And I'll tell you this, it's everything. You get four six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet mignons, four savory premium pork chops, four Omaha Steaks burgers, four perfectly brined potatoes all grad, four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets, and an Omaha steak signature seasoning packet. Plus, for listeners of this show right here, a free six-piece cutlery set and cutting board. All of this delicious food plus the free cutlery set they'll enjoy for years to come for only $69.99. Once again, Omaha Steaks are the most tender, the most flavorful, and you can only get steaks of this quality from Omaha Steaks, America's original butcher. Right now, once again, that's omahasteaks.com. Type America in the search bar to get the favorite gift package for $69.99. They're giving away the company. I don't know how this is going to last. We must take advantage of it. Limited time offer. You can still get it in time for the holidays, but you have to place your order now. The favorite gift package at omahasteaks.com. America in the search bar. They're giving it away. Plus a free cutlery set, which is pretty awesome. Um, shout out to Omaha Steaks. You might, you know. What's it called whenever you delay doing things, babe?
3: Postpone.
0: Yeah. You might postpone some stuff or wait until the last minute.
4: Did you order ours? Because I really, I think that's a good deal.
0: It is a good deal. So
4: I think you
0: should order it for us. I did. I ordered a couple because I'm a hero.
4: You're the best.
0: (laughs) See, that could happen to you. It was a really organic, awesome moment right there. (laughs) Listen, I bring the meat to the house. You know what I mean, babe? Yeah, Yeah, plus a free six-piece cutlery set. Anyways... Um, Oma Steaks is awesome. Before we get back to the show, I need to tell you that for the Cheez-It Bowl, the biggest, best bowl of all time happening on December 27th in Arizona, Cheez-It and I are doing a giveaway right now where you can sit with me in a two-story high Cheez-It box that is right next to the field. Airfare, hotel, free Cheez-Its, you name it, you bring the positive attitude. Cheez-It will pay for everything else and we're sitting in a Two-story Cheese it box right on the side of the field together having a good time. Just utilize Twitter and the hashtag Cheez, C-H-E-E-Z, Pick Me Pat Entry with a photo or video showcasing how much you love Cheez-Its. If you love Cheez-Its as much as we love Cheez-Its, you'll get a chance to join me in that two-story high box to watch the Washington State Cougars coached by Mike Leach in the Air Force Falcon badasses. Take each other on December 27th in Arizona in a two-story box with me. Hashtag cheese pick me Pat entry. We have some very hilarious videos already pouring in. I expect you all to be creative. Let's have a hell of a December 27th together. Um, It'll be a blast. I hope you get selected. I'm not picking a winner. Cheese it will be, but make sure you put on. Hey, you enjoy cheese. It's you enjoy football. Let's watch a game together. Back to the show. Joining us now is a man who's a uh, diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Mm -hmm. I don't know why he didn't call in last week. I told him he should have. This week he sent me a text and said, I would like to chit-chat about our guy, Ducky Hodges. Ladies and gentlemen, at Tone Diggs. uh, Diggs, how'd you feel about what happened yesterday with the Ducky Hodges going into the desert, getting a win that nobody thought they could get? I mean, listen, listen, yesterday I felt incredible. There's nothing better. The
4: Steelers are 8-5. and five. The, the no Juju, the no Connor, the no Ben Roethlisberger, Steelers are 8-5. and five. The team that everyone wanted to trade, Mike Tomlin, to the Washington Redskins are 8-5. and five. 13 straight year, no losing seasons. The organization hasn't had a losing season since 2003. The only undrafted quarterback ever to start a season or whatever his career three, and you know. Wow. I was feeling great. I woke up this morning, though, still feeling great. Threw on my Steelers chain, victory Monday, came to the office, grabbed some coffee. Tim made some great beef jerky. Sorry, deer jerky. It was incredible. Close, respect. I go on to NFL.com to place my Pro Bowl vote for the only undefeated quarterback in the NFL. He's not even on the list. Come huh. on. Come on.
0: Duck largest. Can't even vote for him for the Pro Bowl? NFL is afraid of Duck taking over the league. Wow. Breaking news. The NFL is scared of a bird. The NFL is scared of an icon. The NFL is scared that this Pro Bowl could potentially become the Duck Bowl and they don't even have him as on the ballot digs. Can't even vote for him. Listen, as we saw last night. Tom Brady's done,
4: so you need your next iconic quarterback. This is the guy. You send him directly to the top of the Pro Bowl voting. You, have, you make sure he gets in because you need a new face in the league. And let me tell you, it's Duck Hodges.
0: <laughs> what about Lamar Jackson? Who? Huh? <laughs> Lamar Jackson. He's in the AFC North, actually. Duck and Lamar potentially run into each uh, other. What
4: did he have? What did he have? 95 passing yards yesterday. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are the Steelers? Do they have any chance to get that wild card, Diggs?
4: Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, let me. Aside from Duck, the, the defense, the Steelers defense, since make it came over, first in takeaways, first in quarterback hits, first in passes defended, first in forced fumbles, second interceptions, first in sacks. Defense number one. We play the Bills in Buff or no? Sorry, the Bills at home, prime time. Still going well in prime time. And the lowly Jets, that should be a W. And then the Ravens, hopefully, don't have something to play for. Week 17, hopefully get a W there. But then the uh, the Titans, they Tannehill's incredible, but uh, they have the Texans twice in New Orleans. So good luck with that.
0: So you think Steelers are potentially 11-5 and five if Lamar Jackson, the guy who you said you're not scared of at all in the future, decides not to play. You think Steelers are sitting at 11-5, and five, them and the Buffalo Bills pick up the two wild-card spots? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, and then,
4: oh, yeah, I'm not afraid. Also, the last time Lamar Jackson played a defense, the Pittsburgh Steelers, he threw three interceptions. So, I mean, he's been playing all these cupcakes week in, week out. i <laughs> just not in impressive...
0: All right. Hey, Diggs, I appreciate it. I'm happy you're feeling good, too, by the way. Let's try to get to that Sunday night game, huh? No, oh, wait, seriously? I think we should think about it.
4: Uh, yeah, I have it. yeah, I'm in.
0: <laughs> what if we all went except for you? <laughs> Hmm.
4: Well, I currently have a flight back from D.C. I could change it to Pittsburgh. Not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, Diggs, I appreciate you. Congrats to your Steelers, by the way. See ya. See ya. That is really, can't vote for Duck Hodges right now. It's absurd. Drew Locke, also an undefeated quarterback, though. Yeah. That's so true. Drew Locke, who got drafted in the third round or second round, I forget what it was. John Elway might have finally hit on a guy. And now I think the Texans could have potentially hit a little bit of a lull. Right, you get that big win against the Patriots and you have the Titans coming up, which is a massive division game for them to potentially continue to carry on into the playoffs. So it might have hit a wall, maybe a little bit of a trap game for the Texans, which you, you don't expect professional athletes to have because, hey, you're getting paid money. You're the best of the best. You can't have feelings. You can't have emotions. These are just real things that happen. Kind of ebbs and flows. It almost felt like that Broncos game was a trap game for them. But Drew Locke, people are saying, Joe Flacco, not only was the problem in Baltimore. Oh, no. Potentially a problem in Denver because they didn't let Drew Locke get out there and get loose. I think Drew was hurt, by the way. So, Flacco did not deserve that. He's a guest of the podcast. But it seems like Drew Locke potentially their guy over there. Doesn't he just look exactly like Case Keenum and just happens to play better? Yeah, he kind of does. Case Keenum did not work out over there.
2: Mm-mm. I mean, Elway, you know, doesn't really have a great track record of uh, grabbing quarterbacks outside of the year they won the Super Bowl with Peyton. So, we'll see. I mean, he's going to pat himself on the back to no end if Drew Locke ends up being the guy.
0: Von Miller loves Drew Locke. Von Miller posted on his IG that we got a, uh, I think it was a Rockstar thing because of what the Texans did last uh, last week with the Rockstar thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Bob Miller tweeted about old Drew Locke. This is the same thing that's happened with old Ducky Hodges. When the rest of the team starts propping up the quarterback, that's really good news. Because everybody normally props up the quarterback, right? Everybody props up the quarterback. You put them up in high regards. And normally the team doesn't do it, right? The team just knows, like, oh, that's our guy. We're behind him, whatever. But as soon as the players start propping up the quarterback, like they do with uh, Lamar Jackson. Right big trust, you know, like Mark Ingram hyping him up, the defense is hyping him up. Whenever you see the rest of the team rallying behind your guy, man, that's a beautiful thing for that locker room. That's that X factor that can't be accounted for. That's the camaraderie, the chemistry that can win games for people without the X and O's. We're talking about the Jimmys and the Joes making things happen for him. That's happening with Ducky Hodges. He's throwing up gang signs with Juju Smith-Schuster in his very expensive car. It's happening with Drew Locke, with Von Miller. It's happening with Lamar Jackson. Deshaun Watson was Getting that treatment. Mm-hmm. That's really cool to see whenever the team is lifting up the quarterback as opposed to the media being the only ones to do it. That means something good's generating inside of that locker room. I'm sitting alongside a man named Ty Schmidt from Waterloo, Iowa, who happens to be an owner of the Green Bay Packers. We didn't get a chance to talk about them much in the first hour. Green Bay Packers, although they get a win against Dwayne Haskins in the mighty, the fighting Redskins, it seems like there might be some despair in cheesehead country. Is that accurate?
2: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people will say, like, well, you're 10-3. and three. There's really nothing to, you know, be complaining about. But they just they don't really look like a good football team. Like I got. Did call they peak too early? I don't even know if they peak too early. The the my biggest problem is every single week they get out, they score on like the first two drives or two out of the first three drives. They're up fourteen nothing. Then they get the ball back and they're in a position to really put the cleats on someone's throat and end the game. <clears throat> and Lafleur gets cute every single week. Hey, enough with the cute stuff, Lafleur. I mean, like yesterday they were up. Yeah, same deal. They were up fourteen nothing. They had the ball again. At like the fifty yard line, they take a couple sacks. They have to punt. They go in and score there. You're up twenty-one nothing, and you have to. And then you make Dwayne Haskins beat you with his arm. The like they they a couple sh- picks are going to come exactly. They should have won that game by like five touchdowns. But the because they're ten and three, no one really. I mean, it's easy to kind of just brush everything under the rug. This offense is basically the same as last year, if not worse. Stats wise, yeah, last year. 23.5 points per game. This year, 23.8. You know, mm. next to no yeah, difference 0.3 there. 0.3
0: points, though.
2: Yards per play last year, 5.8. 5.5 this year.
0: Oh, less than 0.3. We got him back.
2: Yards per attempt last year, 7.2. This year, 7.4. Whoa. I mean, yards per carry is down this year, and they have arguably. Aaron Jones. Yeah, they have arguably one of the best running backs in the league. Yards per drive last year, 33.2. This year, 31.8. So, I mean, and I was, I was you know, a. Bringing this louder than anyone. I thought, yeah, it's all McCarthy's fault. He doesn't know what he's doing, but it's basically the same offense with a new philosophy, and it, yeah, they're winning games, but then you watch that 49ers and Saints, Saints game. It's like, well, how the hell are the Packers going to beat either one of these guys? Granted, if they win out, it's not inconceivable to think they could get the one seed in the NFC. Yep. They, they could do it. If they get that first-round buy and they get to play a couple of games in Lambeau, they might win a few, but it's just... I feel like the The disparity between the truly elite teams in the NFC and the Packers, it's a very wide gap. Same deal. Opportunistic defense, when they're getting turnovers and and forcing pressure and and getting to the quarterback, they do fine. But when they're not, yesterday, Adrian Peterson gashed him on the run. I mean, Dwayne Haskins had maybe his best game of the year. Are you scared?
0: Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers said last week he's looking at hole 18. He could see hole 18, which I think was a motivator, trying to motivate his troops like, hey, we need to play a little bit better. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be around or how many times this type of opportunity is going to get. They're 10-3, and a lot different than last year. But it sounds like you guys know that – reality is potentially as soon as you get in the playoffs you're going to run into a buzzsaw in that NFC
2: exactly and it's the it's the same thing i've always said this like when you're a fan of like the packers or the patriots or the steelers or something like that like i don't give a rat's ass about them winning the division who cares like it's about winning super bowls like <laughs> if you hang your hat on that then you're you're going to be miserable your entire life it's just like and like you said rogers knows he doesn't have like there's a good chance they won't be in this position again for the rest of his career. They might not be. I mean, the Vikings are— You hate LaFleur? I don't hate him. How could you how could you hate him cuz but I I do think it's one of those things like uh, you know you come from like the McCh- McVay coaching tree and I think those guys just think they're smarter than everyone and they <laughs> think they can out game plan everyone no matter what. It's like, oh, if someone throws some adjustments adjustments at us, it doesn't matter. I'll be able to to you know work something out on the fly and he's proven time and time again this year that that isn't the case. Like they are piss poor in the second half. Almost in every game this year, they they get up big, and then they let teams claw, and then they, they basically just play not to lose for the remainder of the game. Just hang
0: on for their dear life. You know, prevent defense... Prevents the other team from scoring. Supposed to it can also prevent you from winning. And also, a cardiac team is a tough team to cheer for. And it seems like that's what the Packers are right now. Every game seems like it's getting close. There was a couple blowouts there mm-hmm. at Dallas Cowboys game, but since Devontae Adams has gotten back, it feels as if every game's close. And it doesn't matter how much you win by in the playoffs; it's just that you win. But right now, that NFC looks like it's going to be a tough place to go. That Saints team yesterday against that Niners defense that has been heralded as this historic defense. and they might have had a bad day; they were able to move the ball. Michael Thomas is still getting the ball so often on such a regular basis when teams are game planning for him. The way Sean Payton can create players and stars is impressive. Last year was Kamara. Kamara this year is getting booed out of New Orleans, by the way. If you check Twitter, Twitter in New Orleans is not for Kamara. They love Latavius Murray, who's been brought into the light. But look back, Jimmy Graham was created because of Sean Payton. Yeah. Like, you go back through. Sean Payton creates stars. This year, Michael Thomas is that guy. No, Grant, I'm not saying that Michael Thomas doesn't have any talent, but the way Sean Payton and Drew Brees can draw up plays and make things happen, it really exploits defenses. And that Niners defense got exploited yesterday. I assume they'll learn from it and bounce back from it. But Jimmy G and that Niners offense, which I thought, and I had said, and I think a lot of people said had been the weak point of that team. Oh, yeah. Showed a lot yesterday. In a very, very rompous... Now, granted, there was a lot of Niners fans there. Mm -hmm. It came out earlier in the week that the Niners fans said, we're not scared to play down there. Our fans show up everywhere. And the Saints kind of took that personally. They're like, wait, you think you're going to show up? There was a parade down... Uh, Bourbon Street, yep. Niners fans saying, "Who that? We that? Who that? We, we that. that?" I mean, the Niners fans travel, so in the playoffs, they're going to have a lot of people everywhere, and they could potentially have home field advantage up there in Santa Clara. But that win with that offensive side of the ball with George Kittle, who's an absolute savage. That dude, Iowa Hawkeye, go Hawks! You got to feel good about that. Oh, Ty yeah. Schmidt, he is an absolute savage. That fourth down play where the guy was trying to rip his face off, and he just powered through to pick up another 17 yards. But Robbie Gold, who's welcome back, by the way, Robbie Gold, he missed like a 50-yard or 20-yard short last week. Now he's banging home game winners from 30. He looks good with Robbie Gold and uh, and everything they got going on with that defense. Who's probably not going to perform like they did yesterday. That Niners team. You got to be back on board with. I mean, I like the Seahawks a lot. I mean, I hammered them last night on FanDuel. I, I mean, I hammered. I thought that was a joke of a line. We all did. I thought it was a joke of a spread. The Niners or the Seahawks were getting a point playing against this loser Rams team with with Jared Goff, at oh, quarterback, and then bang, Goff threw a couple picks, but he's back. That offense seems to be back. They're getting Todd Gurley the ball. The Rams might be too little too late, but that mm-hmm. NFC as a whole, even with the Vikings, that NFC as a whole, aside from the NFC East, which is just a garbage can, a dumpster fire, a trash bag, that NFC as a whole is going to be very, very, very stout going into the playoffs. And I'm excited to watch it. Aaron Rodgers is on your team. You always have a chance. Right. But man, everybody else has got good guys too. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers' best quarterback most talented quarterback to ever play the game. I, I think everybody agrees with that. So you always have a chance with him on the field. Even if you're down, the guy could throw it into a bucket from a mile away. But Drew Brees is in there. Drew Brees is a heck of a player. I mean, then you got Jimmy G learning how to play with Kyle Shanahan drawing up incredible. They had a fullback pitch a ball yesterday. A fullback was pitching a ball yesterday. Emmanuel Sanders was throwing a touchdown. I mean, with the creativity and with George Kittle as an option at every at any given moment, that team's gonna play well. Now you got the Rams surging. They're gonna have to win a lot. The NFC is very very talented, and if you if you just cough or burp. You can get left behind. And I think that playoffs, we're going to see some games where we're like, damn, we thought that team was a lot better than they were. Whammy, buzzsaw happens. And that could, it's going to happen in the NFC. Could potentially happen in the AFC as well. I think the AFC kind of figured itself out a little bit more than the NFC. But that NFC, the top of the class is so good. So good. And that Niner Saints game yesterday was worth every minute I spent watching that thing. Very, very gone on vitamins.
2: We, we've said it basically every week this year, but... I think outside of Lamar Jackson, George Kittle's the best player in football. His his best is always better than whatever guy is going against him's best. And he's hilarious. Right. Six, he, the, uh, Niners average 6.2 yards per play when he's on the field, five yards when he's not, and obviously like that doesn't seem like that jarring, but when you got a guy who's on the field basically the entire game, like they miss him when he's not on the field. Not only with blocking, Raheem Mostert, who basically came out of nowhere like He's an incredible running back. They just, even losing, you know, to Seattle, they're they're putting it together at the right time. I'm not so sure they're not the best team in football. By
0: the way, without him, without George Kittle, it's first and fourteen point eight. This without him, if you do the quick math, there we go. One point two per. You put four. That's first and fourteen point eight. That's a penalty to start. There we go. That is a lot of yards. One point two yards might not seem like a lot, but whenever you start stacking them up, you're like, oh, that does feel like yeah. A lot. And whenever he gets the ball, I feel like at any given moment he can go to the house. And he's big. He's a lumbering guy. He's like Gronk. He's like Gronk, but he seems to be a better blocker than Gronk. That's why whenever like Doug Gottlieb comes out and says, Well, he's a flashy guy, he can't block, it's like, what this guy might be the best blocking tight end that has played the game like not just not just now. He is bodying people now. Gronk was a good blocker too. Never got his credit in the blocking game because of how good he was. He was a a nimble uh, Clydesdale out there, a ninja like Clydesdale. Whenever he got the ball, because how big he was. But what Kittle does is he he has good leverage. He bodies people, and I think he takes a lot of pride in that's it. all he did at Iowa. And he that's, has a great personality. Yeah. He's a guy that I think every, he's going to be on 45 commercials this upcoming. going mm-hmm. It's going to become something where he's going to be everywhere. As he should, he's earned it. right? But that Niners team, Kyle Shanahan, knows he's got something special. You get Emmanuel Sanders in there, maybe get him loose a little bit. Jimmy G starts making the right decision. And in that run game with that fullback, you can really start doing things. That Niners team showed a lot yesterday. Defense didn't show up in a way which I thought they could because one of the offensive linemen was out for the Saints. But that offense showed up. big, big, big. Big promise yesterday. If they can continue to go, look for the Niners. But in the NFC, it's a big old coin
2: toss. Well, and in the West, too. They still have to play the Rams, and they still have to go to Seattle. So, I mean, it's going to come down to Week 17 to see who wins that division, I'd assume.
0: Sorry for interrupting it again. Uh, Just got a chance to see Foxy's final cut of this week's Roman Hardest Working Man in Sports documentary about the last week that we've had both at the sec championship and everything all the stupid stupid life that we live in the last week and it's very good foxy's a talented talented handsome young man you can find that on our youtube page youtube.com forward slash the pat mcafee show because it used to be forward slash pat mcafee show but i forgot the password So now we are building up a little thing, you know, almost at a half a million followers. YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show. Fox makes these documentaries weekly and they are damn good. Proud of that guy. Also, do you want to be able to watch every single NFL game this season? Do you want to be able to watch the rest of the season every single game? No matter where you live or what team you root for, this season, there's a proven way to watch every football game live for a fraction of the price of Direct TV or NFL Sunday ticket, and that is ExpressVPN. Here's how it works. Use ExpressVPN to buy the International Game Pass. ExpressVPN then lets you spoof your location so you can buy the International Game Pass for just $125 and stream all of the games. I live in Pittsburgh, but every once in a while I want to see a duck Fly a stiller. I can stream all the games here in Indianapolis thanks to ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN comes with apps for computers, mobile, and digital media players like Fire TV. Plus, use ExpressVPN every time you go online to keep all your network data encrypted, secure, and safe from the hackers. Listen, those hackers, they're out there. Keep your shit safe from them with ExpressVPN. It's the fastest VPN anybody has tried, costs less than $7 a month, and comes with a $30 or 30-day 30 money-back guarantee. Enjoy all 256 games of the 2019 NFL season and now, however many there are left when things are really starting to matter now. With the world's most trusted VPN, ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at ExpressVPN.com/slash P A T. That's EXP. RESSVPN.com, which is C-O-M, forward slash P-A-T, for three months free with a one-year package. That's visit expressvpn.com slash Pat to learn more. Let's go. Let's go. And in the AFC, you'd assume the Bills got one locked up, even though they lost yesterday. Mm -hmm. you seem they they have the first wild card spot. And now that second wild card spot... The Titans, the Texans, the Steelers Colts are out because he loses James Winston. Yeah. Put up thirty five points too. Jacoby had a hell of a game. Hit two picks. It seemed like it had good defense too. But then you just look at Scorbury, like he put up thirty eight points against him. I like Colts lose that game.
2: That's got to be frustrating. Oh my God. When you got a guy like Jameis who it's like, all right, this guy stinks. He's just going to keep throwing picks. And then they're just like, oh, they're just, they're just going to keep airing it out. They're going to hey, keep cutting Bruce
0: it. Arians, <laughs> no risk it, no biscuit. You threw two picks. Who cares? Who cares? Let's go right back to it. They get a big one, knock the Colts basically out of it. Mm hmm. Out of all contention, which is frustrating because at the beginning of the season, they looked so good. They were able to run the ball so well. They were able to protect so well. The defense was playing well. And then it's like, like games get away from them. I say, what happened? It's like games get away from them,
2: Because it's not like they were getting blown out. It's not five like they games. were getting outclassed.
0: Five games, one score games. Yeah,
2: so it's just one of those things where, who knows, next year maybe they go 11 and 5, you well, know, do the, the same thing.
0: The difference between good and great is winning those close games. Yep. I mean, that's the difference between good and great. That year I talked about it, the year we won 2 and 14, I think eight games were one score games. So that could have been a 10 and six year for us. Right. And we were god-awful. But that's the difference between good and great teams, being able to win out at the end. The Colts haven't been able to do it this year. Hopefully next year they'll be able to do so. But they're out of the picture, basically. Titans, Texans, Steelers are vying for that sixth seed, the, the second wild card. Mm-hmm. And with Ducky Hodges and that Steelers defense, Diggs joined us in the first hour from Indianapolis, diehard Steelers fan. He ratted off a bunch of stats about this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Since Minka Fitzpatrick was traded out of the Dolphins... And came to the Steelers. They're like number one in turnovers, number one in yards, number one in this, number one in this. That defense. If we're going to talk about defenses winning games for teams, the Steelers. Now that you have an elite quarterback, right, like Duck Hodges. I mean, that's a team that can sneak into the playoffs and get dirty. In the Titans, this team. They, normally, whenever you south. whenever you replace a quarterback that has been your franchise quarterback, normally there's a little bit of a uh, little chatter like yeah, I shouldn't have done it. I don't think I've heard a single person in Nashville, I don't think I've heard a single person in the NFL world not give absolute praise to a man that has earned it and deserved it, which is Ryan Tannehill. He gets out from underneath Adam Gase in Miami, and he is flourishing, not only because he's an athlete, he had a spear of a tackle yesterday after throwing a pick, which I assume you don't want to do as a quarterback (laughs) is throw picks or tackles, but... He does great things in, there. in the red zone. They're number one in the league in the red zone since he's been there. Number seven on third downs. They got the Texans twice in the last three games. The Texans are like 31 in the NFL in red zones and like last in third downs. So it's setting up as if the Titans are going to beat the Texans a couple of times because Derrick Henry, who's six 6'12", 400 pounds, uh. and runs a 4-5, is running on a contract here. He's number three in the league right now. They pound it with him. Tannehill's been able to drop it in the bucket. Vrabel's tough defense has been doing well. Suckup is getting back in into it, I don't don't know if he's 100% yet, maybe the next couple weeks. Well, Brett Kern's a good punter. That Titans team slowly and quietly has become a monster and a very hot team. They're going to potentially win the AFC South, and if they win the AFC South, now the Texans are in for the wild card. So it's either Titans or Texans, Steelers, Bills, and um, yeah, I think that's it.
2: Yeah. I think the the Titans encapsulate too when you talk about uh, teams that like have that locker room chemistry where like yeah. they just look like they're having a lot of fun. Like those guys really enjoy playing with each other. They were like around pushing each other. guys, right?
0: And I think Taylor Lewan, by the way, has been a good addition. Coming back, now he was suspended the first four games. He comes back in there. He said, I had a couple bad games. He had to get back into it. But that offensive line is dominant. I think anybody who's ever heard Taylor speak knows that he's probably a good influence in the locker room. I think mm-hmm. Vrabel encourages that type of stuff. Derrick Henry's a guy that gets no credit from anybody ever, and all he does is just put his big-ass head down and run. I mean, they, they are a team that's very hot. And Rex Ryan said, it on get up this morning, and I think everybody agrees with this, if you can run the ball and stop the run, In the playoffs, that travels. It doesn't matter where you're playing. If your offensive line can move humans and you have a back that can move the ball and your defense can be stout, you can win anywhere against anybody on any day. If the Titans get in, especially with how hot they are, I think the only question is can Tannehill show up in a big game? Right. And I would argue he has been. These have all been playoff games for the Titans. Any any loss here in the last couple weeks, they would have been out of it. I think Tannehill is a whole new person. It's a rebirth. They're going to have to pay him. Titans are going to have to pay Ryan Tannehill. I don't think it'll be a crazy asking price. He'll get a good price. And I think they're almost locked in for the quarterback for at least the next couple of years with Ryan Tannehill. Good for him, good for them. Bad for the Texans that ran into a buzzsaw and Drew Locke yesterday. I, I think that was an emotional trap game for the Texans. I think you get that big win against the Patriots. You can kind of overlook it, especially with the Titans around the corner. Ah, Drew Locke, these Broncos stink. They got steamrolled. At one point, they scored a touchdown, looked like things were going good. They were down 21 at that point. It was like, damn, it's still a three-score game. So that thing got out of control quick, and I don't think the Texans could catch up, but it's still all in front of them if they can beat the Titans. And whenever I look at that Titans and Texans matchup, you have to like the Titans. You just have to. Whenever you you look at the analytics and the stats of the whole thing, Mm -hmm. it it seems as if the Titans are a team that is trending north, and the Texans are potentially a team that's just going to have to get in the way of them. And the Titans are coming out of nowhere. Colts were to talk about the AFC South at the beginning. Then the Texans. Oh, this is the Texans division. Nobody even talked about the Titans. Bang, they make quarterback change. Whammy. The Titans, who I bashed. Oh, yeah. No, no, I, I was forced to. With good reason. I was forced to do it. They could be a team that gets into the playoffs and does some real damage. Good for them, by the way. They've always been this close. They've always been the team that loses the close games. He's always been the team that had a lot of promise and had never delivered. They've always been the team that was fun to go watch games and play games down in Nashville. They've always been that team. Now they really got a team, and they, and that's good for them.
2: Good I for think. Them. I mean, obviously, it's a lot of things, but I think you know, if you if you stick with Mariota the whole year, they're not in this position. I mean, it's Tannehill. he's yeah. uh, And I, have you seen Mariota on TV no. one time? No, I'm I, not even so sure he lives in Nashville anymore. Is he
0: gone? He might be. Did Marcus Mariota disappear? Search party, Marcus Mariota.
2: Yellow yellow alert or whatever it's called. Amber alert. I'm searching right now.
0: He has to. I don't know how he feels about it. He
2: seems like such a humble guy, he but. He does.
0: And by the way, Hawaii is a place where it's like. I'll just go home. I'll yeah, go back to Hawaii. yeah. Just keep it moving. <laughs> I'd go back to Hawaii too. <laughs> Not that Nashville isn't a beautiful place. Right. Nashville's a good town. No beaches. Nash Vegas, what they call mm-hmm. it. Mm hmm. No shakas, no beaches. You're not out in the middle of nowhere with just your thoughts. I love
2: Hawaii. The rock doesn't live there.
0: Swell! <laughs> Let's chat about the college football playoff, shall we? hmm I think they get it right with LSU at number one. Now, I would like it to be known that I had never been to an SEC game before in my life. Foxy and I... There we go. Foxy and I got a chance to go to the SEC Championship game this past weekend. And it was something unlike anything I've ever been to in my entire life. I played at West Virginia during a great era. We won a lot of games. We celebrated a lot. We beat Georgia in Atlanta in the Georgia Dome against the Georgia Bulldogs and their fans. A lot of the same people that we were sitting with on Saturday in a suite. In the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. First of all, that stadium is beautiful. Awesome, looked, looked incredible. It, Foxy, that that thing is beautiful. Best stadium I've ever been to. That's I agree. I absolutely agree. There's TVs everywhere. It's really wide open, so it's like almost comfortable to walk around. We didn't buy anything, but I've heard the prices are yeah, the pretty affordable.
2: The are supposed to be incredible. Yeah,
0: it's very. They spent $43 million on a bridge to get to the stadium. I, I mean, <laughs> it, it was very well constructed. Now, granted, there's some people in jail for that because sure. uh, I guess they were only supposed to be uh, $6 million or something like that. And they have $43 million. <laughs> So there's some fraudulent things going on, but it is beautiful. Day. And i would never been to an SEC game before, and I've heard all the chatter. You know, everybody hears ESPN talk about the SEC all the time. You hear about people talk about college football all the time in the SEC. SEC, it just means more. I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, what are you talking about? It means more. I mean, I got 27 death threats from Mississippi. You don't think it meant a lot to the people up there that are going to kill me in West Virginia? And then we went to that game. Hey, hey it just means more yeah, down there. 100% means more. It, it just means more. This – I had never been a... It was a cult. We were in the middle of a cult. And it was the Georgia Bulldog cult that we were in the middle. Hey, you're talking about grown men and grown women barking. <laughs> barking rabbit. <laughs> when something good would happen. It was it was 50,000, 60,000 adults Barking. Very accomplished adults, all in unison, sounding like actual Bulldogs, living and dying with every single snap, knowing that the Georgia Bulldogs were probably going to lose to LSU because this team, with that quarterback, looks unbelievable. They got dudes, by the way, and that defense gave up 614 to Ole Miss, and it's the reason why people are knocking LSU, including myself. Watching those athletes on the field... And watching that this Georgia fan base just get demoralized by this LSU team, it was something like I've never seen before. I don't think I've ever been around like a diehard fan like this. Mm-hmm. My dad used to throw things at the TV, obviously, when the Steelers wouldn't perform well. But that was just his anger whenever Cordell Stewart and Carr would make a bad decision. <laughs> when we were in that stadium amongst them, I had never seen anything like it. It is a religion down there. Oh, yeah. And I saw a lot of heartbroken people. And by the end of that game, that place was empty because it was 85% Georgia Bulldog fans, 15% LSU fans, and the LSU fans obviously having the time of their life. But watching these humans all bark in unison accomplished adults, we're talking like 60-year-old men and women that are very accomplished, we're talking young people, they are all in. So I very much understand that even though the biggest stadiums in the Big Ten and a lot of people think the best team right now is in the Big Ten, the Ohio State. Although there's a lot of conversation about Clemson, who hasn't got to play anybody. Not their fault. Scheduling in college football is interesting. I understand that maybe the best teams aren't in the SEC, and the biggest school, uh, stadium is not in the SEC. I have never seen anything like that. I, I mean, it is a religion down there. It's like something I—to I, I, to be honest, you have to experience to, to believe 100%. it. 100%. Sure. Foxy, I I did not know what we were getting into. Zito was there as well. I did not know what we were getting into. I'm almost like impressed with the amount of dedication that these people have to these schools. They love the Georgia Bulldogs. And whenever that thing started going the opposite direction. They didn't lose a single spunk in their barks until the very end, and I have a lot of faith. But whenever they say the SEC, it just means more. They are not lying. I I mean, I have never seen anything like that before. You are spot on. I'm a Big Ten guy through and through. I've been to a lot of games, Big Ten championships, all that stuff. And the SEC 100% hits differently. Listen, it, it really does. It, because student sections, I've seen student sections lose their mind all over the place. I, I love student sections. Like, I'm a big fan of people losing their minds for their teams. I like fans, I like rompous atmospheres. But when you just see this wave and see, these people are telling me, hey, this is the biggest day of our life. The SEC championship, yeah, the college football playoff is really good, but there's people that the SEC championship means more than anything else. They call it the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. This is The SEC, it just means more. To win the SEC, man, this is everything. It's like, no, the college football playoff still happening. They're like, mm, not down here, pal. Yeah. The <laughs> SEC is a big deal. And I don't know if Joe Burrow didn't know that because he's coming from the Big Ten. We were in that stadium like an hour and a half before the game starts, two hours. It was the first time we got to sit down. I mean, I stood around for like two hours and 45 minutes at game day doing nothing. But then when we got to the stadium, got a chance of going to go into the tailgates, by the way, walk through them a little bit. Shout out to the Blue Lot and everybody that stopped me and said hello. I very much appreciate it. Atlanta you. loves McAfee. It does. Atlanta's a, good, Atlanta's a very pro-R show Big town. Big time. Well, very thankful for everybody in Atlanta shouting. Thankful for you. But to get to the tailgate, you see the rabid fan base. And then when we get into the stadium a little bit, early, we walked, what, 8.2 miles? Yep. Each? Eight point two miles. Yeah, that's what my watch said. <sighs> I was winded. I was sweating. I had to get a sleeveless. I had to get a hoodie and cut the sleeves off. I was sweating all over the place. But we get in there, and you know, there's people on the field, kind of messing around. Then the players start trickling out for the pre warmup which is a beautiful time to be on the field. This is where Quentin Nelson gets hit in the head with the ball by Bradley Pinion. There's a situation. It's kind of like the players' last time to kind of do your own thing, kind of get the nerves out a little bit before the warm up, before people really get in the stadium. And I've never been a fan. At that time, I always would go out and kick balls. I said on Twitter where that Quentin Nelson situation, Bradley Penny, I almost almost murdered Tim Tebow from like 80 yards away whenever we (laughs) were playing the Jets. I got a hold of one that just kept going. And I'm telling you, it was about... It was like five, six inches from Tim Tebow's head. And I thought I was going straight to hell. As that ball was in the air, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And he could, it lands right by his head, whistles past him. And he he looks up, and I have both hands up in the air, and I give like a, I am so sorry type thing. And he gets back like, oh, no problems. Like, God bless, or whatever he does. You know, like something very <laughs> nice. I'm like, oh, my God, I was so scared. Quentin Nelson, Bradley Pinion had a different moment. They shook hands, but it seemed like there was potentially going to be a fight. That pre-warm-up. It's a beautiful time to be on the field. No pads on. You just kind of got shirts on. You got shorts on. You're just kind of like feeling. You. They had a close up on this Joe Burrow guy's face on all the TVs in the stadium. I've never seen somebody more calm, cool, and collected. Like normally, that's a thought where guys have their music on and they're like bobbing and they're like in their own zone. He just didn't even know where he was. It felt like this guy. Nothing was too big for him. And I don't know if he didn't understand how massive the SEC championship is because he's coming from the Big Ten, which. I don't think I understood how big it was until I was there. I mean, it is insanity down there. It's a cult. Mm -hmm. You just got cults taking on other cults. Yep. And they're very passionate. When I saw very accomplished humans just barking, I was like, man, this is wild. Different world. Different world. But Joe was so calm, so cool, so collected, and the plays he was making on the field, both with his feet and his arm and his brain. In the story that coach O told about how his phone broke last week and they w- we won't give him Luke O, new bone. He said I want phone. I want to focus on football. <laughs> that for me I was like, oh, this guy loves football. He's from Ohio so you know he has grit in him. I mean, that's just something that comes naturally yep. from being from Ohio. He's got all the talent in the world and he loves football. Joe Burrow, everybody's talking about tanking for two and stuff like that. I said very early on that I thought this Burrow guy was the guy. Now that I've seen him in person, Joe Burrow is going to make hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars playing quarterback. I honestly believe that, but I think the College Football Playoff Committee got it right. LSU beats four top 13 players to end, mm-hmm. or top thirteen teams to end their uh, season. Not Ohio State's fault, not Clemson's fault that they couldn't do that. This is just how it was and how it went. And I think what LSU did to Georgia there was demoralizing to Georgia. I watched the soul get sucked out of a lot of humans down there. But Ohio State has stumbled a little bit. A couple times against Penn State, they struggled a little bit. They still get a big win. They stumbled a little bit against Wisconsin here early. Now we mentioned in the first hour that Chase Young, was good offense. I guess he was getting triple team. Which, by the way guess that's a good strategy. Let's yeah. assume that the good football teams are going to do that going forward. So if you can stop Chase Young and get going, I still believe Ohio State's the most well-rounded team. they got three Heisman winners. But if Joe is on the field, I'm betting on Joe Burrow. I haven't got a chance to see Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence was the same guy last year, national champion as a freshman. But Joe Burrow just hits different. And Clemson hasn't got a chance to play anybody. That's not their fault. I'll be excited to see how they do against Ohio State. That is going to be a... Electrifying game in Arizona, I think it's a Fiesta Bowl, and then Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts, Lincoln Riley, good brain Baylor. Golly, Baylor was so close to a College Football playoff. Yeah, there's a, we have footage of me watching the end of that game in overtime, where they're using their third string quarterback and still in it, and taking Oklahoma all the way to the wire there in overtime. Baylor, if they sneak in a College Football Playoff, good for this show, by the way. Yeah, have fan. Matt Rule, and the, I mean that would be a great for. Ah, Sticking Bears. By the way, go, go. dogs, sick them. <laughs> that's oh, wow. what they do. Okay, that's their kickoff chant. I like that. It was insane. Do dude. bulldogs uh, bark? Yeah, that's all they do. They <laughs> snore when they breathe. Every <laughs> breath just they can't take. Breathe. They can't bark either. No, no. Every time they breathe, they snore, and they bark at the littlest things. And it seemed like that's their fan base as well. It's a perfect—Georgia and Bulldogs are a perfect correlation. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot about the SEC, and I'm excited for the college football playoff. And I think they actually got it right. I think they got it right. I think everybody will say it. And that Ohio State-Clemson game is going to be one that we want to watch. And I feel bad for Oklahoma. I like the Big 12. I like Baylor. I like Jalen Hurts betting on himself. I like Lincoln Riley, who's probably going to be the head coach of the Cowboys— That is with no inside information. That's just me saying that. I I think that Joe Burrow guy is the truth. And if we can get Joe Burrow versus Justin Fields or Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence, that national championship is going to be awesome. And uh, I think they got it right, honestly. In something that is so subjective, I think it worked out for a way that they couldn't get it wrong and they didn't get it wrong, even though there was a chance that they possibly could.
2: Yeah, I think it shook out exactly how we thought it was going to. We said last week that... LSU winning, I think they were gonna jump up no matter what, just because I think the committee values the SEC a little bit more than her and then on top of that, Ohio State didn't look great. They would have had to win by like seventy to probably retain that number one seed. Oklahoma, I mean, same deal, you kinda expected them to be there. That I'm surprised that Clemson opened as a favorite against Ohio State. Ooh. Maybe- Maybe that's just because Ohio State didn't look great. And- Rex
0: Ryan says that they just got different dudes down there. He said everybody that used to go to Florida State's now going to Clemson. Everybody that used to go to these other schools now going to Clemson. It's not their fault that they didn't play anybody. And North Carolina held them close a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was in October but they're a completely different dude. Rex Ryan is very invested in this Clemson team, and he's picking them to win by 30 against teams. And I don't know if that's just fans. Rex Ryan's got a good brain. Mm -hmm. He says a lot of things where people go, what? And then it ends up being true. He has a lot of faith in this Clemson team. But Justin Fields has 41 touchdowns or something like that in one pick. It's like, he's incredible. Chase Young's incredible. J.K. Dobbins is good. That Ohio State-Clemson game is going to be a lot of fun to
2: watch. Well, and I would argue that those same types of dudes that go to Clemson go to Ohio State. I mean, it's like the, you know, Ohio State doesn't have You know mincemeat playing out there. They got guys who could play and start in the SEC. I mean, and by
0: the way, Utah. Yikes, Utah. I mean, (laughs) were you wrong? No. People are coming after me though. I will pay attention more to them next year. They're playing in like the
2: Idaho Potato Bowl now. You go from like on the cusp of being in the playoffs to like had to play it on like December (laughs) twelfth.
0: As we go on, we remember all the times we've had together. So I'm thinking about watching Eli Manning here playing his last game. Eli's played for a long ass time. And now, in an NFC East suck fest, he seems to be getting the better of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I bet them at plus eight and a half, so I like that. I got faith in Eli Manning. No idea what the future holds. I assume he'll do something awesome with it. He's Manning. That's what they do. Uh, big shout out to everybody who listens to the show, watches this show, tells other people to listen to the show. You know, a little ground and pound attack is not bad. Uh, big thanks to LeVar Arrington. Love that man every time he comes on. If you don't know who LeVar Arrington is, go look up highlights of him, by the way. He used to be one of the most freaky athletes to ever exist. He used to just jump over other adults. They'd just be standing, He'd just jump over them. Excuse me. Coming through. He used to have these long dreads too. Now he's just incredible on a microphone. Really thankful for him. Thankful for Ty, Zeke, Foxy, the boys. And obviously my lady here who's just been dead ass asleep since 8.30. I mean, dead ass. Ass asleep right next to me. Every once in a while she'll lift a pillow up, cover her head so she can't hear me talk.
4: The singing
0: was... Excuse me, I was having a moment with Eli Manning. Please. Mm. Turn the page. So you followed it up
4: with more singing.
0: <laughs> I wish I remembered more words of that song. You'll
4: wish Chuck happy birthday.
0: So we have a... Oh, no,
4: never mind.
0: We have no, seven, seven dogs. So we have seven pets at this house. Seven dogs? Seven pets at this house. Four cats, two dogs, and a mouse that is still alive somehow. Um, our two dogs, one of them is is Valerie, the best dog that ever exists. She's half Pitbull, half Sharpay, and she was on death row. Okay, She was on death row, and she knows it. So she's very appreciative. She's the best dog I've ever encountered in my entire life. Everybody says that whenever they meet her. She's the best. You know, just appreciative of everything. You tell her, she'll sit. She'll go, she'll go nod her head off the door she has to piss or poop. She's just the best dog, okay? Then there's this other dog. Well, let's, let's rewind. There was a contract signed at our house for those that are new listeners that said Sam was not allowed to bring back any more animals to this house because it was becoming a zoo. You know that movie, We Bought a Zoo? Sam was creating a fucking zoo here, okay? It was the next level. There was just every week a new animal was coming in this house. So I made her sign a contract. Hey, you can get this animal. It's the last one. So to break that contract, she got a three-legged cat named Scootsie, who I love. Who I love. I love Scootsie. So we lived with Scootsie, made it the, the, the fourth cat, and one dog. And the house was perfect. Perfect. The harmony of the house was perfect. Everybody got along. The other cats who are normally dicks, the new outsiders, saw the three-legged cat and they're like, "Eh, fuck it, we like her too. Everybody was nice to everybody. Except for the cats and the mouse, but that's always going to be a problem. Tom and Jerry have been doing that shit for a long time. Their mouse gets haunted every once in a while by these cats jumping up on his little cage thingy. So there's a little bit of a harmony disagreement. But aside from the big animals that affect lives on a daily basis, everything was harmonic. And then all of a sudden I get texted a photo of one of the queen's fucking dogs this Corgi thing. And she goes, what do you think? And I said, he looks disgusting. You did not. I said, that thing looks disgusting. You
3: thought he was cute.
0: He did. He did look cute. But I had a contract signed. So then I come home, and this son of a bitch is here. Literally, son of a bitch. That is a a factual term. He is a son of a bitch. Oh, they just did our play. The Philadelphia Eagles just had to punt him all the way on the field, run them all the way off bring the offense back on the field now the giants have to use the timeout that's what we should have done instead we did they're calling a timeout over there the refs don't even know they're calling a timeout jesus i mean these refs i've talked about it earlier they're bad anyway so i meet this dog and this guy's the biggest prick of all time just doesn't listen to a word anybody says he has no discipline he gives no fucks about anything he pisses and shits all over the house it's his birthday So today he can do whatever he wants. You know? It's like when the. the What I
3: wanted you to say was just that our son's birthday is today, and I hope everybody wishes him a happy birthday. But instead. What's that? We did like a five minute fucking story. Well, just
0: for the people that don't know who Chuck is, Chuck at one point cost $2,800. He knows it. Excuse me. That's not what we did. We did not spend that much money. because nobody would spend that much money on this motherfucker he was twenty eight hundred bucks at one point he knows it like like Val knows that she was on death row, okay Val knows she was on death row. she appreciates it. this son of a bitch knows that he was twenty eight hundred bucks, and that 's how he acts he's tough to handle this thing. You take him outside he'll directly hold his bladder. What?
4: so mean
2: to
0: him like he's so sweet look he's sleeping he's so sweet I will say when he's asleep he's the best dog I've ever seen and whenever he's relaxed which I've heard happens in the next year I'm hoping so I'm hoping so Val's the best dog of all time Chuck tough to handle happy birthday to him though (laughs) Tuesday. Tuesday wrapping things up in some states the week after Christmas brings the heaviest caseload for police Break-ins spike every single year during the holidays because families are traveling and burglars know people have expensive gifts just lying around. What's crazy is that only one in five homes have home security, probably because most companies do not make it easy. Other systems can be difficult. Other systems can be intrusive. Other systems can be expensive. The knock on all this stuff was it must be hard to have home security. Boom, SimpliSafe came in and said, no, no, we'll fix all that. Simply Safe is our choice for home security. It's comprehensive, professional home security at a fair price. And right now, the best time of year to get a Simply Safe security system is right now. For the holidays, you get a huge discount on your security system and a free security camera. Simply Safe protects every room, door, and window with 24 7 professional monitoring. If there's a break-in, SimpliSafe can give real-time video confirmation so police respond up to 3.5 times faster. With SimpliSafe, there's no contract, no hidden fees, and no fine print. Prices are fair and honest, starting at just 15 bucks a month. Go to SimplySafe.com slash McAfee now to take advantage of Simply Safe's Amazing Holiday Savings and get a free H D security camera. This offer is for a limited time only and it's ending soon, so hurry it up. That's S I M P L I S A F E dot com slash M-C-A-F-E-E to save big and get a free security camera. SimplySafe.com slash McAfee slash well, there isn't two slashes, so I didn't want to tell you that, but I was going to say McAfee. Simplesafe.com slash McAfee. Also, Porch Pirates. Let's handle the Porch Pirates. Put a Safe camera out there. Make sure the methods get caught whenever they're trying to jack your Amazon shit. Simplesafe.com slash McAfee. Free HD security camera and a discount. That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, that's it for us. We'll see you on Thursday. Um, yeah, tweet us. Uh... Oh, Cheese Pick Me Pat Entry. That's what you should uh, tweet me. Cheese Pick Me Pat Entry and at cheese It. Let's watch a football game together that Mike Leach is coaching in and badass Air Force uh, folks are playing in. Let's have a good time in Arizona. Free hotel, free airfare. Ty Schmidt, play some uh, independent music so we don't get sued. Cheers.
3: Back. I do it all for the family, everyone that they can rap Nobody ever gon' challenge me, starting my week on a Sunday And then they can make it in one day I just been ready to take off, waiting my turn on the runway Never be turning around, never be turning around, ayy Never be slowing it down, never be slowing it down, ayy I keep my foot on the gas, I keep my foot on the gas, ayy I know I'm never gon' crash, I know I'm never gon' crash Hey, never be turning around, never be turning around hey, Never be slowing it down, never be slowing it down hey, I keep my foot on the gas, I keep my foot on the gas hey, I know I'm never gonna crash, I know I'm never gonna crash hey. Everyone making excuses, I've been busy making music They just wanna see me fall off, know that I'm never gonna lose it Gotta dig to the chase now, people saying that I change now I'm never gonna stand still. I'm treating the game like a race. Now they've really been carefully watching me. they treating me like I was calories, but really they can't get enough of me. they treating me like I'm a salary. They re- Discussion, they wonder How do I do it so casually? I celebrate all of my victories. All of a sudden, and y'all gonna be mad at me. Damn, I don't have time for concern. I just go live and I learn. Trust me, I in my turn. Leaving my dream and return. This is a giving discern. People been listening over the world. I've been making that money while I be asleep. I never rid the money, but now all the money been too busy running to me. <laughs> Ayy, I put the team on my back. I do it all for the family. Everyone think they can rap. Nobody ever gon' challenge me. starting my week on a Sunday. They think they can make it a one. One day i just been ready to take off when it my turn on the runway never be turning around never be turning around hey never be slowing it down never be slowing it down hey i keep my foot on the gas i keep my foot on the gas hey i know i'm never gonna crash i know i'm never going crash hey never be turning around never be turning around hey never be slowing it down never be slowing it down hey i keep my foot on the gas i keep my foot on the gas hey I know I'm never gonna crash. I know I'm never gon' crash. Ayy, I- I'm not doing this for the money. So don't misinterpret my last line. The weather ain't always been sunny. But I know that I'm gonna still shine. You never gon' make it till you got the power to go and develop a strong mind. Cause everything happens where you don't expect it. The journey ain't given a deadline. I'm going till I got a flat line. Connecting with people like Landline. I've been blowing up like a landmine. I put myself on like a combine. Knowing the way that they go and I'm ready for more. I do wait on the sideline. I'm feeling like 2011 when Drizzy was dropping them hits like it's headlines, I don't understand what I can't do, if I cut you off then I had to, I'm staying up late like it's fast food, the life of a rapper who is cool. school I don't wanna hear all the people who been trying to give me advice, if you haven't done it before then don't give your opinion about what you think I should go do with my life, ayy, I put the team on my back, I do it all for the family, everyone think they can rap nobody ever gon' challenge me starting my week on a Sunday they think they can make it in one day I just been ready to take off, waiting my turn on the runway, never be turning Around, never be turning around, eh. Never be slowing it down, never be slowing it down, eh. I keep my foot on the gas, I keep my foot on the gas, eh. I know I'm never gonna crash, I know I'm never gonna crash, eh. Never be turning around, never be turning around, eh. Never be slowing it down, never be slowing it down, eh. I keep my foot on the gas, I keep my foot on the gas, eh. I know I'm never gonna crash, I know I'm never gonna crash, eh.